0: Welcome to the PNC studio at Hallis Hall. This is Monsters of the Midway Live. I'm Lauren Screedon alongside Bears senior writer Larry Mayer and former Bear Tom Thayer. We're bringing you guys everything Bears-Eagles for the next half hour. Thanks for tuning in. Guys, the playoffs. How excited are we?
1: It's very exciting, Lauren. The first time in eight years for the Bears. They won the NFC North. They got a home game at Soldier Field. I'm sure the fans will show out. Tom, you're the one that knows the answer to this question more than the either two of us. What is the biggest difference going from the regular season to the playoffs in terms of intensity and also preparation?
2: You're, there is no concern about next week. You're only concerned about is getting prepared for this week, making sure that you understand the entirety of your game plan. There's nothing that can come up and create you to create a mistake or second guess your preparation. But I think that's the unique thing about Matt Nagy. Throughout the entire season, when he goes to the podium after the game, it's only about improving to the next week. And I think that's the same message that he presented this week. They are the Philadelphia Eagles, but we have to be a better football team than we we played the Minnesota Vikings last week. We've both
1: been around here for a long time, and Lauren, you too. I think that this is the best coaching job I've seen in terms of a coach, taking a team and getting them to focus solely on the task at hand, not worrying about the outside noise, what other people are saying, good or bad as well as also not looking back. They learn from their mistakes. They learned from the Packers loss week 1. It was a very diff- difficult loss, but they
2: focus on the task at hand and they rebound and they show resiliency throughout the season. You know, again, Matt Nagy always said this is not a one-man show when you're talking about the talent of the football team I think the entire coaching staff has done an unbelievable job. And we saw that, you know, early in the preseason, the starters weren't getting a lot of reps, so the backups were getting reps and they looked really good doing it. And then throughout the year when someone had to come in because of an injury, they've always showed up ready and prepared mentally and physically to play.
0: I mean, it's just crazy. 365 days ago, Matt Nagy wasn't here. I mean, we had no idea that this is where we would be sitting. Think about it. We went to training camp july 19th i mean it's been a long season and to be at this point i mean how exciting for the team and just the city of chicago
2: let me ask you larry and lauren what are the realistic expectations we all had when this football season started and i don't think any of us are embarrassed to say oh if you were if you were eight and eight and nine and seven that would be a great turnaround and the future really looks bright and then all of a sudden boy a lot more confidence started to creep into all of us as Bears fans. And what were your expectations? You know, I think all of us just
1: wanted the Bears to be relevant again after four straight last-place finishes. I mean, Tom, all of us, you know, rewrite. We talk about the Bears. Mm -hmm. We do this all day. A lot of people out there, you know, they just go to the games on the weekends. They're fans. But this is our lives. We do this every day. And we wanted the Bears to be relevant. We did not want to be talking about the draft on November 1st (laughs) or who's going to be fired. And You know, I do Q&As with fans, and every question is, when are they going to fire the coach? Who's going to replace the And it's just been a pleasure this year. It's been so much fun for me, and I know for both of you too, to have a successful season. And you're right, the expectations were not that high early in the season. And then even after the Green Bay game, you know, here we go again, you know, they blew another one to Green Bay. But then the way they rebounded, they won three straight games, then they lose two in a row, and then they rebound again with five straight wins. They lose to the Giants, they rebound again with four straight wins. And It quickly became obvious to me it wasn't the same team this wasn't the same attitude this wasn't a here we go again type thing and if you talk to a lot of the players now none of them say they're surprised a lot of them say they looked at OTAs or training camp and they knew they were going to have a a successful year and and they're telling me the truth they really believed it
2: right well Lauren you're around the head coach you're around the players you have more you know uh, uh, much of a
0: time you don't remember I said 12 and 4. I was exactly Well
2: then, you know you are well, maybe you are one you are <laughs> one of the few, but you know it's it's been great for us the whole football season is just watch the you know the constant improvement of, of this football team and they brought in a lot of new faces here mm-hmm. and you you know we also got introduced how they were going to fit in to making this football team better. Absolutely. Another thing too that
1: I also want to add, is, mm-hmm. and I do, I know we're going to talk about the eighty-five Bears and people love comparing the defenses and stuff, but to me. Matt Nagy not only improved this team, but he brought fun back. And that the first thing I think about when I think about Bears football being fun was the 85 team with the fridge and all the different characters. And now the Bears have those type of characters. He's giving the ball to Keem Hicks on the goal line on fourth down. On a key play at the end of the game, it's the last play of the game, the Bears need a touchdown to force overtime. He has Tariq Cohn throwing a pass. He has Nick Kwiatkowski catching two-point conversions. He has Bradley Sowell catching touchdown passes. I mean, what if you play for this team? They would probably send you out on a pass pattern. I mean, it's incredible. And that reminds me of the 85 Bears in terms of the fun.
2: Well, when you're an offensive lineman, you're blessed to be just an offensive lineman. You know, Bradley Sewell moves all over the place. We saw him at fullback. You see him at tight end. You see him at offensive guard, offensive tackle. And he's a really good long snapper. And I think that's one of the qualities that Matt Nagy has brought to this young group of athletes, Mm -hmm. that he allows them to be themselves. He allows them to have fun. And I think that's the great thing is, let your personality be your personality inside the locker room. There's
1: a giant sign on the wall that we've all seen that says, be you. Mm -hmm. Matt's got that on his play sheet every week to remind him. And a lot of the players I've spoken with love that about him. He said from day one, he came in here and he encouraged us to let us show our personalities, let us be ourselves, let us have fun. And they really respect Matt Nagy, but they love to have fun with him. And it's obviously translated into a great season that Lauren obviously predicted.
0: That's right. Called it in July, you guys. Called it in July. Yeah. And, I mean, just on the topic of Matt Nagy, Coach of the Year.
1: Oh, I don't. You know what? Sure, I'm biased. I work for the Bears. How do you not select him as Coach of the Year? Everybody's yeah. talking about, you know, possibly Sean Payton or Anthony Lynn with the Chargers. And they both have done great jobs. But Matt Nagy to- took over a team. Last place, four straight years. The Bears were 4-20 and against their division opponents the last four years. And he won five out of six games. That alone, I think, earns him player Coach of the Year. NFC champs, third seed in the playoffs. Call me crazy, but how do you vote against him?
2: Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to ask Matt Nagy this question because would he vote for Andy Reid? Because you look at what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do with a similar style of offense. I think it all is a, it's opened us a picture to what Mitchell Trubisky could possibly be in a year or two in this offense. So when you talk about coach of the year candidates, I bet you if you ask Matt, he'd probably point to Andy Reid and... There's a lot of guys out there that are qualified, but right. no one, I mean, Matt is as deserving as anybody. The
1: Chiefs and the Saints were both in the playoffs last year, though. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that. The Bears were irrelevant. The Bears were 5-11 and 11, firing their coach. Nobody knew what was going on. They didn't know who was coming back. People had questions about the training, about Ryan Pace even returning. People had questions about Mitch Trubisky. A year later, they're in the playoffs. They're the number three seed. Ryan Pace is probably going to be the executive of the year, and Matt Nagy could be the coach of the year. So... But I think just that alone, where, where they came from, plays a role in who gets the Coach of the Year award. So that's why I think Matt deserves it.
0: Well, an Eagles head coach Doug Peterson had great things, of course, to say about Coach Nagy today. And Coach Nagy gave us a little tidbit, tidbit that Doug Peterson likes...
2: Soft, vanilla ice soft, cream. ice cream with, uh, with rainbow spr-
0: sprinkles. Right. You know, yes, I can add exactly. to that as
2: well,
1: though, because our good okay. buddy Dan Pompey, here's a plug for you, who's writing the 100-year book with Dan, Don Pearson for the Chicago Bears, there you did go. a book with Doug Peterson, and he said that Doug Peterson's favorite ice cream was actually Haagen-Dazs vanilla. He has it before, the night before every game. So well, there's some well, more well, ice more cream. There you go. And, and I'm, I'm going to
0: plug real quick. If you guys have questions while you're listening out there on Facebook, YouTube, the Bears app, ChicagoBears.com. Make sure you guys are tweeting those or commenting on Facebook Live. We're going to get to some of those fan questions. Again, if you're just tuning in, this is Monsters of the Midway Live. We're Happy to have you guys here and happy to be talking about the Bears playoffs And I have weekend. a question
1: briefly about Tom Thayer because Tom Thayer, a lot of but people... Good are, thing oh, he's Thayer, right
0: here. Why are you I'm looking Thayer. at me? <laughs>
1: people don't realize that Tom Thayer is the most interesting man in the world. Really? Tom Thayer is the guy who's had dinner with Frank Sinatra. He has all these stories. It's incredible. He had dinner with Frank Sinatra. He absolutely, Frank. absolutely did. We'll talk Stop. about that later. But let me ask you this. Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles. Yes. Tom went to the Miami Dolphins for just a little bit after he played for the Bears. And Doug Peterson was your teammate, correct? Yes. Yep. And did you not play in the game where Shula broke the record against? Yeah, broke Don. Don, Don Shula broke
2: George, George Dallas's record. Yeah. It wasn't
1: against the Eagles, yes. too. To, it
2: was against the Eagles. Um, Doug Doug was playing quarterback. I was there for the Eagle or for the Miami Dolphins. On the other side of the field was William Perry in an Eagles uniform because he got traded right at the same time. So. For me, it was more of an opportunity to sit in um, meetings led by Don Shula for a year, learning more AFC passing type offense. And that was a great opportunity for me to go down there. But I also think if you look at the history of quarterbacks that Doug um, has been able to coach and play under, he's got a wide variety of experiences himself. And so when you think of the combination between Matt Nagy and Doug Peterson, The two of them, they have so much in common, their their style of coaching, the way they think the game because they're both ex-quarterbacks. It's going to be one of the great story, you know, uncontact battles of the game is Doug It's going to be
1: really interesting now. I know your brother-in-law was in the league. He played offensive line too, I believe. But I'm wondering how Matt Nagy feels about going against This is like one of his closest friends. Would you rather go against a close friend or just have him play another game and go against someone you don't know?
2: Or would you rather go against your brother? Because you think about Kyle Long and Chris Long. Right. You think about two coaches that will never touch each other. There's a, you know, when you go through a game plan with Matt and Aggie and you're an offensive guard, there's a good chance that you could hit all 11 guys on the defense or, you know, they're scattered throughout your responsibilities. So... You, well, know? you hit all
1: eleven guys on single plays. Yeah, of right. Course. I remember. But I was thinking, there for him. I was a very young child you. watching. T- no, I'm just kidding.
2: Thinking of Kyle and Chris. They're two <laughs> emotional personalities right. of their team, and you know, I, I wouldn't want to go out there and have to hit my brother repeatedly, but. If it-
0: Kyle said in the locker room today, I mean, one word to describe it. He was anxious, anxious right. about, you know, having to do that, I think. And I also saw it's Howie Long's birthday. Right. <clears throat> His mom just isn't even going to be able to watch is what he said.
1: <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> when the Bears played the Rams. If you, I'm sure a lot of Bear friends remember there was a fight in the game and Chris actually pulled Kyle off and saved him from being kicked out of the game. I wonder <laughs> what will happen this week if that happens.
2: Well, I mean, it is going to be an emotional game because if you go back and you look at the tape last year when they played the Philadelphia Eagles, Philly really was in control of that game the whole time. This is an entirely different team that's going into Soldier Field to play the Philadelphia Eagles this year. There's no similarities to the Bears on offense, what they faced last year, but you know that's kind of the uniqueness of it is Matt Nagy can probably help Vic Fangio and Doug Peterson can probably help Jim Schwartz. In terms of how do you think offense is when you see the different formations out there?
0: We're going to go to a fan question really quick. Um, first one, is Eddie Jackson going to play this Sunday?
2: I think it's going to be hard to keep Eddie <clears throat> Jackson off the field. Yeah. Fortunately, last week before the game, we got to see him running around on the field <clears throat> with, his, with the trainers and get, coaches getting the evaluation of where he's at seven days ago to where he'll be in that in seven days from that. And to me, I think he's such a competitor He knows he means so much to this football team. And, you know, the guys that have filled in for him have really played well. Sheriff McManus Mm -hmm. and DeAndre Houston Carson and Deion Bush, they have all played good, solid football. But – Eddie understands what this game means. I don't think there's any way you're going to keep him out of it. I don't think
1: that's the question. I think the question is how effective will he be out there because it is an ankle injury that's going to slow him down a little bit, possibly. Mm -hmm. So he will probably, I imagine, play in the game. But is he going to be affected by it? Is he going to be slower? And you know if the Eagles see that he's not the same guy, they're going to try to attack him. But with that being said, I think the Bears secondary is way better than the Eagles secondary going Mm -hmm. into this game. And really when you look at it, Tom, everybody talks about the defense and everything and about obviously – Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack made a big difference. But I remember talking to Vic Fangio before the offseason. Everybody was asking about the draft and free agency and who the Bears were going to get. He says, wait a second. The most important thing for this defense is the guys that are returning, they need to improve and keep developing. And he kept harping on those guys. And as we saw, guys like, uh, like we mentioned before with Eddie Jackson, but also Kyle Fuller tied for the league lead in interceptions. Akeem Hicks, those are three guys from the defense from, that have been here that are now taking that other step and all made the Pro Bowl.
2: Well, not to one-up you, but just to talk about a couple more candidates. If you look at what Leonard Floyd and Eddie Goldman have done the last five games, they're playing the best football of their career. You know, Eddie was rewarded with a new contract, and everybody knows what the obstacles that Leonard Floyd has faced throughout the season. But when you look at their improvement, um, not only we talked about the assistant coaches, how much they've been able to help them, but how much they've gotten out of themselves. And their, their improvement is almost immeasurable how it filters to Akeem Hicks or how it goes down to Blyle Nichols or how it goes to Danny Trevathan from Roquan and such. So those two guys also, they got to be mentioned in the mix. And
1: Danny Trevathan and Prince Samukamara both two guys that have also mm-hmm. been here before, and they're making a lot of plays this year. And, um, Prince is taking the ball away like everybody. And Tom, that's the biggest difference to me. The Bears last year were a top 10 defense, and they said their biggest thing this year was trying to be a number, a top five defense. They made it a number three, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. Because this team took the ball away unlike any time ever before with the Bears. They had 27 interceptions after having eight each of the last three years. That was the biggest difference. And that kind of reminded me of the 85 Bears, too. They went out there thinking, we're
2: going to take the ball away and we're going to score. Well, the funny thing about it, before the season ever started, Prince of Mukamara said he's going to set a goal to get 10 interceptions throughout the season. And you think of the whole defensive back – The defensive backfield, the defense as a whole, have been able to triple that amount. So I go, boy, that's high expectations for the defense to get 10, but he was saying it for himself. But I like the confidence that he kind of kicked off because, you know, you have one player with confidence that mentions something about it. Then it kind of trickles over to the next guy and the next guy's commitment and the next guy. So I think it was an important statement for Prince to make but I like that they are able to capitalize on it. And the interesting
1: thing to me, too, is that they expect to make those plays now. When the game's on the line, the yeah. defense expects to either make a stop or take an interception away and end the game, and that's really refreshing. I think that's something they learned from the Green Bay game where it didn't happen, and everybody thought, oh, my God, this is going to ruin their season. But, yet they learned from that, and they've improved on that, and they've done a great job, I think. And you're as a former player, you could probably speak to this, obviously. The confidence that they have now, they just feel like it's going to happen.
2: I believe that they think they can make any quarterback look rushed. They can take the vulnerabilities on the offensive line and take advantage of them. There's receivers that they can match up with. But, you know, they kind of got a little bit of a different monster coming in this weekend because Nick Folds has taken over, and I think he's better to run that system than Carson Wentz is. He's got a great relationship with Doug Peterson in the most pressure moments, and they make the right calls and they have the right kind of uh, communication together. So everything the Bears have been able to do is – you know they got they leave a wake of teams behind them but this is not a t- this is a team they haven't seen yet this year they're familiar with the system because of their head coach but personnel you need to see it on tape as much as you possibly can to become familiar with your opponent by watching them on tape
1: i heard a lot of the same things though before the rams came in with jared goff and about how they're a high flying team they're averaging 35 points a game then the bears defense completely shut them down kept them from scoring a touchdown and 15-6 to 6 final score, and really the Rams limped out of here, not really knowing what hit them. Here's hoping, obviously the same thing happens with the Eagles, but obviously they're playoff tested, going to, going to the Super Bowl and winning it last
2: year. Yeah, I, you know, the Philly had just has more success experience than what the Rams did up until this point or what the Bears have learned how to do up until this point. So they're a little bit more familiar with this playoff tempo that we talked about at the beginning of the show. As an 85 Bear, my friend, let Bears. me ask you this question.
0: You had to F- say it like that too. Didn't exactly. You he yeah. have been waiting. He's I'm been still, waiting. This I've been whole waiting show to do that. Say that.
1: I know. been are practicing yes. in the bathroom. Out of your oh, I don't there have to practice know. it, my friend. Um, <laughs> you win the Super Bowl in 85. You have a really good season in 86. The Eagles haven't had that good of a season, but was there any bit of a letdown? Or, hey, we won. We reached the mountaintop. Was there any. Letdown. I know McMahon got hurt in 86, but was there a letdown going into that season, going through that season? Was it just not the same thing?
2: No, there, there was not a letdown because Ditka didn't allow that. If he felt that you were uncommitted to what was required of you to get back to the Super Bowl, you'd be cut. It's, it's a hard process of making this football team. And yet so many guys that were committed to the Bears, committed to winning, that they gave everything in the off season and they gave everything during the season, and it was unfortunate that when we got to the playoffs, so we weren't solid at the quarterback position.
0: Tom, you mentioned Nick Foles. I mean, coming up 25 straight completions on Sunday, the Bears defense is obviously going to have their hands full. How can the Bears pass rush rattle Nick Foles?
2: You know. It's just give him a, bit of a limited amount of time to succeed. Because even when he scrambles, he does a kind of a lazy, a lazy approach but really confident what he's looking for downfield, you can't let them have those lazy thinking moments. Everything's gotta be rushed, everything's gotta be scattered, everything's gotta be instant. And you know, it's it's weird because when you took you take the defense of last year and the amount of time they would provide a quarterback to evaluate his the downfield process, it's shrunk mm-hmm. so dramatically this year that you don't have any time. If you're not ready to fire when you're setting your feet there's a chance that you're going to get hit it's going to get deflected the receivers are going to be covered or the dbs are jumping the routes i've
1: been incredibly impressed with the pass rush this year and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it has to do obviously with the athletes and the talent but soldier field for the first time in my life that i can remember has a true home field advantage, where the crowd is going crazy. In the 80s, they were going crazy, but the way the stadium was built for all you youngsters out there, it kind of went like this, and the fans, the noise did not stay in, but it stays in right now, and the fans are loud, and it gives the defensive lineman a, it's a split second, and you can talk about this, in terms of offensive line, another split second, head start to get to the quarterback. And you mentioned, I think you asked a question about how to rattle Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. I have never seen Aaron Rodgers look rattled until this season at Soldier Field. He has owned the Bears in his career, even when they've hit him a couple times, sacked him a couple times. This was the first time I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers not look comfortable at all on the field against the Bears. And that's all about the pass rush and especially getting after the quarterback with four guys.
2: Right. You know, they didn't have five blockers at the line of scrimmage that could block the type of talent that you can put on the line of scrimmage for the Bears defense. And I think that's one of the great things the assistant coaches here is you have to study your opponent, where your vulnerabilities lie, because the athletes up front defensively, you can put them anywhere. It's not like you're going to go to the line of scrimmage, you're going to have the same four or five guys in the same place every time. Leonard and Khalil, they can play inside, outside. Akeem Hicks can play both sides. Roy Robertson-Harris can play up and down the line of scrimmage. So that's the one thing offensive linemen don't like. They don't like personnel always changing in front of them because you kind of figure out the rhythm of the guy if you get to play 50, 60, 70 snaps against him. Now, if you're only playing one out of every seven, eight snaps against the guy, you don't become very familiar with him. Then you assert the crowd noise. You're getting off the ball that instant late advantage defense and you put Nick Folds on the run.
1: I always like, I also like the way Vic Fangio is blitz guys on the same side as Khalil Mack so that makes the offensive lineman pretty much have to decide which guy to take and it seems like it's resulted in some sacks either by Mack or Roquan Smith or Trevathan.
2: Well the first sack in the Green Bay game we sent Roquan Smith and then the left tackle committed a mental error. He blocked nobody but Khalil Mack got the sack and Roquan was coming and that's one the that, you know one of the great traits of Roquan being a young guy. He's got really so, solid intelligence for a young guy that hasn't seen that much. He understands timing of blitzes. He understands how to fool on the snap count and make people think, or, or you know, possibly jump off sides.
0: Well, speaking of defense, one of our fan questions from Nicholas Witt is: Can we keep Vic Fangio?
2: That's up to Vic Fangio. You know, I would
0: like that. Me too.
2: I would like that, Vic. Yeah, me
1: too. Well, I mean, it's all about opportunity, though, right? I mean, people are saying, "Well, the Bears got to pay him." The Bears pay him very well. It's not about money. It's no. about getting that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to become a head coach, and obviously, he's going to. You answered this interest. on
0: brunch with Larry today.
1: Uh, you actually watched that. I, I tuned in. That wasn't your question. <laughs> I was tuned in. It? It? No, it wasn't. Uh, okay, but I did. We get I questions saw about that. you quite a bit on there, just so you know. Oh,
0: that's yeah. great.
1: Thank you. <laughs> but it's all about opportunity, right? I mean, this is a guy, and you can't blame him if he's going to explore these opportunities either.
2: Right. I, I mean, Vic is a really great defensive mind and you know you'd have to think people would respect the opportunity to interview him just to kind of get a, um, a temperature where he's at he's in the perfect situation he's in the perfect situation for the next five years he could set a legacy here in Chicago that is as great as if he went somewhere and became a head coach but you know I think the guys that are committed to coaching their whole life, they have to explore every one of their goals or, or dreams in their mm-hmm. football coaching life. I'll tell you one thing. I would like to watch the press conferences wherever he goes because he is
1: highly entertaining. He is enjoyable <laughs> he is, to watch. He, he is, is hilarious. The
0: reporters love him. The He's fans a love him. big baseball and fan. He I loves talking
1: s- Cubs. He, he does. He talks he baseball. Does. After the Cubs won the World Series, he walked into my office. He was in San Francisco at home. Gave me uh, the, the local newspaper, the Cubs, and uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy, and I uh, wish him the best. Obviously, I hope he stays here, though, because he's done a great Absolutely. job. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But yeah, the fans love him, and I have to say, we love the fans. And Ted Stanfill on Facebook, um, he's with the U.S. Army, serving in Germany. So thank you so much for your service, and thanks for watching us. Yes. We have fans tuning in all over. This is, is awesome. That
1: Stanfill, like Dick Stanfill, my friend? There we go
0: with the voice again, Larry. We're going to keep a tally here. It's going to be like a square jar. That's two, Larry. I don't know. Two for Larry. Two for Larry. I don't (laughs) know about you, but Brian Zanella says, "What improvements to the offensive line did you see last week with Kyle Long back?"
2: Power, strength, point Mm -hmm. of point of attack, movement. Um, You know, he's. I'm glad he got those reps. 29 reps in the Minnesota game after recovering from his ankle injury. (laughs) He, he, you know, pro bowl is one thing, but all pro is another. And he plays at an all pro level. He's got kind of freakish athleticism for his size and strength. You know what's embarrassing is when you stand up and you say, what's changed about the game from when you played And of today? <laughs> so I stand next to Kyle Long and I go, look, this is evidence because I am here. He is here and here. So. You know, his leadership qualities, his enthusiasm, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the the way he wants to be out there with his teammates. Brian Whitman has done a great job. Yeah. You know, and you can't lose that. And the Bears are very fortunate that he was able to come in here in a week. And especially when you move James Daniels, a left guard, you know, a starting rookie left guard. But Kyle, he adds a lot to this football team. And like you say, when you empty the bus, you want him to get off first because he is that guy that sets the tone.
1: And it'll be exciting this week to watch him against Fletcher Cox because that's a really good defensive tackle, and that's going to be a great battle. A lot of people are talking about Chris Long against Kyle Long. Well, if Kyle Long is blocking Fletcher Cox, that's going to be must-see TV right there.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because you think about the first scripted plays that Matt Nagy puts together, it'll be as important as where you want to put Fletcher Cox as as a will for the plays you want for Mitchell Trubisky. And there's a lot that goes into... Defining the specifics of a game plan, to choreograph it per- perfectly to make sure you get bodies on Did him. You have it, Cox heavy, has ten and, and a
0: half sacks yeah. this season. So how do you keep him away from number ten?
2: Well, you, first of all, there, you know, when you go to the offensive line, you break the huddle, there's five offensive linemen, there's four rushers. Whoever that uncovered offensive lineman is, he can never live through a play without hitting somebody. Mm-hmm. You volunteer hitting him. If it's Cody Whitehair and they're rushing over the two offensive guards, Cody, snap, secure this guy, and then you run at 91. So there's offensive line. Think about the ways that, that uncovered linemen going to be able to help everybody, and it's going to be as important this week as any week this season.
1: They also have other guys, too, though. Chris Long, like you mentioned yeah. before. Michael Bennett's got nine sacks, yes. and he's a veteran that knows what he's doing out there. So uh,
2: What is it, 55 Bram, um, mm-hmm. the outside linebacker? He's a heck of a pet. They're all good. You know, this is a good defense, but, you know, it's not an unsurmountable task for the Bears offense to go out there and look at, you know be efficient against it when I go back and if I was an active player studying Philly I think there's some vulnerabilities of that defense that right well they're secondary they've had a ton of
1: injuries I think every player in the secondary is a former Bear they have Craven LeBlanc they've got right. Corey Graham they've got you know a bunch of different guys back there um, DeAndre Hall also is playing for them so on paper that Avante Bowsby. You know what, I looked at the roster, he was. I'm not sure if he's still there, but yeah, they they could put an all x bear secondary out there. Um, You never know, but you look on paper, obviously, and that would be, if the Bears are healthy at receiver, that would be a big... Advantage for the Bears, but again, games aren't played on. You got to block the line of scrimmage right, first. I was going to say they have a front seven you have to deal
2: with first. So. Nothing's going that way if you don't right. get this up here blocked exactly. first. I love talking football with Tom Thayer. Isn't it the I best? Know, I mean, it like is like the I could best. just sit here and just listen. You know, we sit listen, you know? Don't waste it all today. we will okay. be
1: back. Here tomorrow. Yeah, we are
0: going to be back tomorrow. If you're just here. tuning in, this is Monsters yeah. of Midway Live. Lawrence Creedon, Larry Mayer, Tom Thayer. We are taking your fan questions, so keep sending those in on Facebook and on Twitter. We have another one from Marshawn Triplet. Any update on? Bryce Callahan.
1: I don't believe Bryce Callahan's going to be coming back. Um, you know, he suffered a foot injury, he was placed on injured reserve. I don't think he'll be healed in time. I'm not a doctor, I don't play a doctor on TV or anything like that, but uh, from what I understand, I don't think he'll right, be back. <clears throat> he is out of contract, so it'll be interesting to see if he returns next year, but he's one of the guys that we talked about in terms of a guy that was here before that really developed. He had a great season this year. I mean, this is a guy who came from nowhere. Went to Rice, undrafted free agent, and this guy just became a star almost this year on defense. Had a pick six and a great player.
2: Well, before he got injured, Vic Fangio went to the podium calling him one of the most important players on the Bears defense. And that's high praise when you have possible MVP candidates of the league that, you know, your nickelback is just as important as any other player. But it's true because of how much he's on the field.
0: And that's exactly what you said. I mean, we talked about this before, but everybody's just been able to step up on this team. There's been no, if so-and-so gets hurt, it's like, oh my gosh, the world's ending. It's been next in line. It's part of the approach that Matt Nagy's had all season long, and I think that's just a difference you know, that we've seen this year. What you're
2: saying, Lauren, is is kind of cool to watch Javon Wims and Kevin White get an opportunity last exactly. week because Allen Robinson didn't play, mm-hmm. and to see the big catches they came up with, to see the excitement that Kevin White exhibited mm-hmm. after he made his catch, because these are guys that we pull for, and part of the process of getting on the field is you got to earn your opportunity, and sometimes that, la- that ladder is straight up and you gotta, you got to climb it every day, and those guys, again, evidence of the back, the assistant coaches having these guys prepared when their moment's called, and they were both ready to go.
0: And I think, you know, going back to, again, the culture change, you see how much fun that these guys are having. It's right. next in line. They're all supporting each other, and they're all dancing in club dub after That's the games. That's true. Uh, Tom, I uh, want your take on club dub.
2: I, I love would it. You,
0: would you, like, you know, give us a little something?
1: No, little? I wouldn't.
2: There's no way that I would dance. I... Um, <laughs> I, you know, when the when back. they when when Willie got went up and down the airplane and asked for guys to show up at the Super Bowl shuffle to dance. I was going to ask you about this <clears throat> next. Yes. Um, there's no way that I would have ever got caught dancing on camera because I can't do it. Me either. He tries by, to get me
0: to dance all you know, the time, and I can't do it. He made it my New Year's resolution. But you Are think of like don't expect, it. yeah, like it? the little kicks. That's me. Nice. Thirty good.
2: something years later, it's still haunting Fenske and Fuller <laughs> that they can't <laughs> dance. But can't dance. No, no, I'm kidding. But I but I do love. I love the excitement i love the camaraderie mm-hmm. i love the enthusiasm because you know at the end of last year when we were in minnesota watching the bears this was a team that was starving for camaraderie for mm-hmm. that brotherhood that friendship that you know that bond that it's it, it's it's stronger and it's hard to develop unless you're in a scenario that these guys live every day and so i i love the club dub i i i think it's fun and i'm, I'm glad that you know matt has allowed these guys to have that type of fun because You know, you're challenged in front of your peers every time you go to a team meeting after a game because a coach speaks really critical to you. But I think that the camaraderie that's shared with these guys, in, in those moments and in these moments, is important for the team development. Larry, do, you, do you haven't you like,
0: made it in there yet. Not yet. No. But Larry walks no. by my office and dabs every day. So we're going to leave you with I'm, that. Save this for I'm not for dabbing. Tomorrow. I'm just coughing. Do a dab. Oh. Oh.
2: Just go to. Just do the robot. Yes. Everybody <laughs> can do the robot. All
0: right, guys. Almost done. Well, we'll be back here same time tomorrow from four to four thirty Central Time. This has been Monsters of the Midway live for Tom. Thayer, Larry Mayer. That rhymes. I'm Lauren Creedon We'll see you guys tomorrow.
2: I wish it was John Mayer. I know. Oh, Mayor a Thayer. I
0: need to change my name.